This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, guys and gals? Welcome back to another episode of the Dive Bomb Squadcast. As you all know, we have been doing a lot of traveling, and often in our travels, we get the privilege of running into guys that are avid dive bomb users. On our most recent trip to the Prairie Pothole region, we were cutting through an area with no intentions of stopping until we saw a high volume of waterfowl while passing through. We're not going to disclose a specific location, but a decision was made to stop in that area, get a hotel room for a couple nights. So we pulled into the hotel, and I saw a guy wearing the the green goose front dive bomb hat. So I hopped out of the truck, and this guy said, hey, I know who you are. Well, that man was Mr. Donnie Ottaway, and he is joining me today on the podcast. Donnie, what's happening, man? Yeah, sure, not much, buddy. Just uh, think dusting things off after that frozen Nodak trip. No doubt. I'm glad to hear you guys got back safely. How was the travel coming back from there as far as the conditions in the road? It seemed, you know, on our end when we left, things were actually kind of getting on the uh, on the warmer side. Yeah. So did y'all have pretty smooth travel back home? Yeah, it it was beautiful. You know, it was kind of the opposite as as you've talked about before, you know, on the way up, like just adding layers and everything out of the trailer. You know, we started uh, de-layering and uh, kind of wishing that we were settling in on those birds we found up there a couple more days. No doubt. So <clears throat> I kind of gave the short version from my end on kind of how we got to that particular place. I want to hear the version uh of this story from your end and how you guys ended up there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess just kind of from the start, we probably found ourselves uh, just like some other freelance hunters that go into Canada every year, uh, not being able to make our trip. And uh, we just, we rolled the dice. Uh, we shortened uh, usually what was, you know, be a, a two rig trip uh, into one pickup truck got our licenses early and just decided we were just going to go up there. Um, we had never been up to North Dakota besides just flying up to the Eastern part of Canada. Uh, and, uh, we flew up there and we were, and you know, we were just right in the middle of running and gunning, probably just like you guys were and, uh, looking at other rigs, seeing other hunters in the area. You're always really observant, checking out people's stuff. And, uh, here comes this, uh, pickup truck with Arkansas plates and, uh, just a pro duck boat <laughs> uh, with a with a jet motor on it and a whole bunch of dive bombs uh, packed in the hull there. Um, so you had our attention, and uh, you know Asher jumps out and uh, yeah, instantly ran over and we were chatting away. So no doubt. So yeah, uh, we were pulling. Actually, weren't hunting with that duck boat on the trip, but we were pulling it um, a little bit further west and we had that thing just like loaded down with um with dive bomb decoys so we go in and we we both checked in about the same time and just kind of started talking a little bit and um you know as soon as he said his name i was like you know obviously i didn't know a face because i don't know a lot of faces from um you know maybe clicking on individual profiles and stuff on facebook but i do i do know names very well from people that i've seen uh comments and engagement from on social media, especially that Facebook group. So uh, as soon as he said his name, I knew that um, it, it was it rang a very familiar bell. And he had his his two friends with him, um, Zach Martin 
and Ryan Applegate. And these guys, they are all, um, they're all firefighters in uh, Colorado, just north of Denver. Uh, I believe it was Commerce City, you said. Yep. Uh, Donnie. Uh, how long have you been, uh, how long have you been doing that? Well, uh, I, I've worked, uh, for South Adams County fire for eight years now. Um, I have some volunteer time with them and, uh, another department here, uh, in my neighborhood where I live in Southeast Denver. Um, so I got almost 15 years on the job, um, or so, okay. but yeah, uh, just man, lucky enough to, to do it for a living. Uh, I'm engine captain, uh, for, like I said, uh, apartment by the name of South Adams County fire. We're just, uh, North of Denver. Yeah. And prior to becoming a firefighter, you have a military background as well, correct? I do. Yeah. I served in, uh, the U S army for five years. Yep. Awesome. So I don't know what it is about me and meeting people on the road, but it seems like everybody's a baseball player and <laughs> yeah, Donnie played um, baseball as well. He was a pitcher as well. So naturally, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have known that, um, at all, but it's just like, you've, it's like you automatically, um, you know, you just have this certain type of, of, uh, connection with somebody, uh, sure. even though you, I didn't even know that, that he played baseball, but it seems like there's so many guys I meet out there that were, athletes or baseball players I don't know just just very similar thought process so we talked a little bit and I I think we enjoyed each other's company so I was like hey let's go well you know let's let's go get some lunch let's sit down with you guys and hang out so we went up the road we found a little a little cafe that was open and and it was awesome um it was it was we had a great lunch and we decided we're like hey let's let's hunt together tomorrow like we had just pulled into the area and, um, you know, we knew we had seen a lot of birds on the way up, but I mean, it was just four of us and there was just three of them. It's not like they had a group of, yep. you know, six or eight or 10 guys, a couple small groups, seven total. It's like, Hey, let's hunt together. We'll go out and scout and, um, see what we can find. So, um, we grabbed lunch and hit the road scout and they got in their truck. We got in our truck and, um, you know, we started cruising around and, uh, you know, overall, when we came, we we had been texting and stuff, and we found a decent little snow duck combo. And uh, Donnie and uh, company, they found a nice snow and dark feed that had some ducks mixed in with them. So we uh, we opted to go with Donnie's field for the next morning, and we had a really nice shoot. I mean, with hardly any wind and obviously yeah. no e collar, um, you can't complain about the morning we had. I think we shot, um, I think we shot forty that morning. So let's give a little recap of, um, of the setup that morning Yeah, and, uh, kind of what ensued and then we'll just kind of bounce off of each other a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think just, uh, in the area and, you know, meeting up and, and deciding to scout and hunt together was, was pretty easy. Cause it seemed like we were seeing similar stuff and, you know, uh, uh, running obviously similar things, um, but not just decoys, but hide and just kind of mentality, you know, just kind of bouncing stuff off each other. So whether or not, you know, it was running the dive bomb guys or just some other, you know, fellow waterfowlers, it was kind of cool just to get plugged in. And, and you know, the three of us from our hunt the day before, we were just plumb sore from throwing out a hundred or so dozen. <laughs> so we were ready for some help and, and uh, you know, also maybe a couple more guns coming out of the, the, the A-frames, right? And so 
um you know we were on these snow feeds we were looking for combos just as far as you know hopefully finding some ducks maybe a few specks or darks we weren't really finding the specks yet but we were seeing some darks around and uh well we were uh they were in both wheat and corn, but uh, definitely from our hunt the day before and kind of what the way that we were seeing the birds act, uh, they, they were definitely more prone to wheat. So I think we knew we had to be on on something in wheat, whether it's just the, the visibility or just the way the birds were were bouncing to the to the wheat fields. But uh, we were real lucky with with the hide. It was a standing cornfield that we had behind us. Um, you know, we had uh, an unposted uh wheat field that we got permission on but you know there was always that kind of unposted thing that was in the back of our mind so we wanted to be there really early um not get beat to it but uh geez asher i was trying to think of the wind too we were working with a southwest wind if i remember it was yeah yeah and early on it just did not show up when we really needed it Mm -hmm. you know early in the morning Mm -hmm. we just didn't have it yeah um it did pick up a little bit, you know, as the morning went on, but it seemed like when, you know, we were really getting our best looks those first few hours, it just kind of ceased to exist and it was just kind of still. And that kind of exaggerated the lack of sound uh, that should have been coming out mm-hmm. of a spread, the size that we set, you know, we were blowing spec calls. I don't, you know, I don't really know how to blow a mouth snow call. I mean, I could probably try, but it wouldn't sound right. Sure. Um so I just felt more comfortable blowing a spec call um, because we had, uh, you know, we did have quite a lot of specs mixed in with those snows. So, um, but overall, I mean, it was awesome. I'll I tell you what's really cool. And it's that we go on the road and I get a lot of guys in their trailers. They have a lot of, a lot of different tools in their arsenal. I'm sure. not, I, I don't see somebody's trailer. And if they got a bunch of different other brands, sure. I'm like, Oh man, you know, those guys aren't loyal down my followers. It's like, man, a lot of guys have been gathering a lot of decoys over a lot of yep. years, but i tell you what, it's really, really cool. Whenever you're going to go hunt with somebody and naturally being dive bomb guys, you guys that know that follow us and you see our pictures and your videos, you see that we only run dive bomb with the exception, obviously of stuff that we don't make like uh, flappers or motion decoys. But um, if we, if we make it and it can be run, that's all we're going to run. So that's pretty cool to show up. And we didn't even have to run any of our decoys we brought. I mean, when I say these guys had a trailer full of dive bombs, they, had a trailer full of dive bombs. We ran a huge dive bomb spread from the snows and blues to the specs, to the Canada's, to the ducks. I mean, yeah. they had it all. And that was, that was so cool. Just seeing that and kind of talking to Donnie um, about dive bomb and maybe how it's changed the way they've hunted a little bit. So quickly, I want to, you know, we talked about your trailer full of dive bombs. I mean, yeah. it was full. Like I said, we didn't have to use a single one of our decoys that we brought to run a hundred percent dive bomb spread. So can you tell me a little bit about your, your background with dive bomb? Like when did you, when did you find out about us? When did you start? um, When did you pull the trigger to run your first dive bomb product? And then what ultimately made you um, ultimately go with so many? um, Yeah. You kept purchasing more and more. Asher, like anything, it's been a process, you know, and uh, we're not all about, I mean, I have to say Dive Bomb for sure has been one of the first brands that, you know, not just because of the product, but the people and just 
you know, all that stuff that, you know, I've really stood behind, but we run what works, you know, we always have. <clears throat> and, you know, I grew up hunting the front range. Um, me and the old man from, you know, those huge 747 GH shells, you know, like we were always at the house right. McCoys. And, and, and so, um, I, I, I've always believed in silhouettes and, uh, you know, I, we ran them early on, um, as a kid. And then again, uh, a friend of mine got a hold of some real geese and, you know, we had a couple bags of those and we were just adding to all our full body spreads with them. We were running them on banks, shorelines, uh, sandbars. And, uh, but you know, there's always, you know, downsides to things, you know, those, those real geese were heavy. They were hard to get in, you know, the wood stakes would break. Um, but just always loved how it just, those silhouettes added to our numbers. So, uh, friend found dive bomb. Um, and, uh, you know, he was the first one to pull the trigger on, on, uh, some of those, uh, V2Fs and, uh, golly, they just lightweight, the stakes went in good. Those flocked heads just popped everything we were looking for. You know, we do quite a bit of public land stuff, sledding stuff in, here in Colorado hunting reservoirs that, you know, on bad water years, I, I've looked at reservoirs, I've hunted up to the bank, you know, down a mile and there's the birds are still this there, you know, and, and if mm-hmm. they're there, we're going to go and hunt them. Um, so just the way that it's improved trailer space and, and, uh, numbers to our spreads, eventually we've just gotten to the point where, you know, I haven't thrown all my full bodies away, not even close. It's a tool for the sure. toolbox. But when we're Absolutely. running and gunning on these trips, um, I love running big numbers. I love being able to hunt snow feeds one day, mallard feed the next, and not break me and my buddy's backs to do it, you know. Um, we still had an ATV in that trailer. We still had yeah. plenty of room for, you know, coolers, all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it makes sense. It works. Awesome. Yeah. Now, quickly before we get back, to the hunt. You're born and raised in Southeast Denver. What is your typical style of hunting there at home in Colorado? Are you, are you hunting like those front range birds or are you kind of traveling uh, a little bit off the beaten path? What's, what's a typical, uh, what did you kind of grow up doing and what are you still doing there at home? You know, um, right now, I, I, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing everything. I, I, I love hunting, uh, you know, just 45 minutes from my house on the front range, but and I love kicking it out east and, and you know, hunting different spots in my state and other states. You know, I, I hunt Wyoming, I hunt Nebraska, I hunt Kansas, um, we hunt the Dakotas. But uh, I grew up hunting the front range, um, you know, waterfowling, geese, pits. <laughs> uh, we hunt mostly traffic stuff here, you know. So I, I, I grew up hunting yeah. traffic fields and you know, mostly what we hunt out here right now is, is traffic fields, uh, whether it's, it's a, a lease from a hunting club or through a friend, um, most of it's spoken for fields here, um, which it adds sure. a total different factor to the game and the geese that we shoot out here. Um, they're definitely more rewarding, I feel like, but my heart is on the road, traveling, finding those X's um, meeting those farmers, seeing some of those friends, uh, that we see every year and in some of those different places off the beaten path. Um, but I, you know, it's, it, it, it's still, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still waterfowling all the time on the front range and, and that's what I grew up doing. Um, so 
I'll, I'll still do that, you know, as long as I can too, Asher. It's 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 different, Definitely. but it, it it has its own reward to it for sure. I've got to ask you. Speaking of the front range today, we um, I don't know if you've been on Facebook yet, but I got this video from Jeff Caldwell, Front Range God Service, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure you know of him. And yeah. these guys had this like I don't know seven or eight pack, and it was just two clients. And they come in all the way to the ground and this dude in the yeah, end squares of the up pit absolutely <laughs> strokes that V2F feeder. <laughs> and just while why you were talking, I was looking at it and I was just looking at like the comments. And there's like 47 comments on there mm-hmm. and it's been seen. Um, let's see here. It's been seen uh, 35,000 times. Um, but I was looking at the comments and, you know, other than that, and it looks like he might have ground pounded one, but it looks like they shot pretty good. But it was hilarious just because, man, that head on that thing, it's just like, whop. I mean, that thing like took the whole oh, pattern like, the like close range. Just like, yeah, um, right yeah he started talking about, you know, we started talking about the front range and it, I, I couldn't help but could bring that up. But, um, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I wasn't well, sure if you had some of my. I've been on social media like yet today. Did, you know, like it. it you know, happens. I tell guys, hey, if you if you have holes, if you got Swiss cheese decoys, um, you're probably doing doing something right because that means yeah. you're doing your job and you're fooling them. Now, on the other side of that, um, you know, certainly be careful of of uh, you know any breaking dogs exactly. or uh, anything like that. Shooting really low, always keep that in mind if there is a dog that. That, that does break. But I will say, if you have decoys that are Swiss cheese, that's a good thing about silhouettes is one, you can still hunt them. Yep. And two, you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, you know, you shot my, you know, my hundred dollar, you know, a piece decoy. Yep. Um, yep. You know, it is a silhouette and uh, it'll still hunt. So um, you did something right. So um, those guys, other than that, though, they, they shot pretty dang good on that group. It looked like them two shooters looked like yeah, one four squirted five, it out. So. We we would have been screaming for that one to Can't be too <laughs> upset about that. But That's true. so we'll yeah. um we're gonna take it back to take it back to our hunt. So we we went and grabbed lunch, and that morning none of our ducks showed up. We we actually had we saw one duck. Yep. And yep. that one duck came in. I mean, it came in right on a rope and we shot her. So I think we shot, I think we shot 40 birds that morning. It was mm-hmm. nice. We shot some really nice specs. Uh, we shot some really nice blues. Yeah. Um, I believe I took a picture of Zach holding one of those specs. Beautiful spec. I don't know if one of those guys, I knew they were talking about keeping it and possibly putting it on the wall. I can't remember if it was Zach or Ryan. It was Ryan. Beautiful. That was our joke. Uh, Zach was sitting there posing with Ryan Speck. <laughs> he okay. he had the he had the blue Zach did that's going on the wall, that that pretty little blue. And I think that was the one that we watched just bounce and just go right into the decoys. And he was just popping yep. around. And yep. he actually was bouncing off some rags and was uh, sure blocks and kind of acting all uh, – angry about it yeah it was pretty funny no doubt definitely yeah. could have ground pounded him but we yeah. were waiting on on uh, i don't know there was five or six coming behind him and we we did them pretty good they came in i think we killed all of them and, yep. and we almost let him get out but we got him too so yep. that morning was good it was a really good shoot ducks didn't show up so we got lunch and we elected uh we were talking and we we thought you know these other guys they don't get to hunt maybe quite as much as we do. Um, so we'll go scout. So Donnie, my dad, Greg, and myself, we got in my truck. We said, hey, we'll go scout. You guys go 
you guys go back out for an afternoon sit and let's see if these uh let's see if these ducks show up. Um, you guys had seen some the afternoon before, and while we were out scouting, it wasn't that long. And I think um, maybe you text one of them or one of them text you and said, "Hey, man, we just shot into a huge group, and they were yeah, just we're so excited." Yeah. So I was just thrilled to death to see that because yeah, I know a, a couple of our guys, Tyler, and a couple of your guys. I mean, I know they were just just fired up about that. Yeah, so they went stack. back out. He, that, he that stacked them up, but Ryan. Oh, sorry, Ash, uh, Asher. No, uh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Ryan. Uh, that was supposed to be his first Canada trip, and and he had never shot a field duck before. So the day before, that was you know we had shot a limit in a in a, a wheat uh slash dirty cornfield that we were hunting um and uh so yeah he was excited to get on another one and then zach's piled them up i didn't feel bad for him if he wouldn't have shot him <laughs> but i know that your your boys were uh really excited about the hunting uh you know just the way it turned out and watching those those field ducks work that spread if, if you haven't done it before and you haven't seen the way that those ducks just suck right into that pocket and how they can come down the elevator shaft, you know, it's just, it's pretty spectacular. No doubt, man. And I know Tyler was super fired up. They sent me some videos and they had some, some really, really big groups doing it. So I was just, just thrilled to death knowing they were having a great afternoon hunt. And, you know, we were having what we thought was an awesome afternoon scout um, that afternoon. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, it was just interesting, even with our hunt, too, because we had been seeing such cold temperatures that the feeds were kind of all-day feeds. And we were seeing all these new birds that come in because we were just getting a great migrator wind, um, you know. And uh, so they were just popping around all these fields. And then the day that we hunt together, it, it just changed. You know, we saw uh, kind of a two-feed flight. You know, there's definitely that lull in between where the day before, you didn't want to be really out of the blind you know? Um, right. and, uh, so once we changed over and, and, uh, we, we went to a different location and we started, uh, you know, we started to find a whole bunch of darks and we were seeing ducks and we were still seeing snows, but definitely, uh, uh the darks in, in a greater number that we had seen yet. And, uh, you know, after having a couple of pretty good snow shoots, you know, we, we shot 10 the day before just the three of us, uh, plus a, a whole other handful of, of dark geese and, and our ducks. Um, you know, we were, we were ready to really kind of maybe focus on some dark geese and still hopefully get our ducks. And that's really what we were seeing, you know, on that scout, I felt like. Um, yeah. I mean, it was all signs pointed to exactly what we were looking for. And I got to say, yeah. Donnie, your, your ability to not only get permission, but, your ability to describe these areas to farmers, I feel like made them so comfortable and really gives you an edge. And I told Donnie, I thought it was funny because he would get on the phone and say, you know, hello, Mr. You know, Johnson. My name is, is Donnie Ottaway. I am, uh, I'll give an example here. I'm two miles <laughs> southwest of Franklin, quarter section south of County Road 17 and east of 29th Avenue Southwest. You know, I said, you know, I mean, we're, we're looking at your corn stalks here, sir. And I was just, you know, it was so funny. It was impressive. I, I told him, I said, man, you're really good with directions. Like it, it's got to be because you're a firefighter, right? Because it's, you're, and he was like, no, man, not at all. <laughs> yeah. It's talking to farmers. I've been lucky. You know, my, my dad's old elk cutting buddy, 
uh, grew up in, in, you know, rural Kansas and he, uh, lives back out there again. I was stationed out in Fort Riley when I was in the army. So I was running, you know, around with that guy shooting pheasants and stuff like that. And, you know, some of my best friends are, are now, uh, guys, my age that, that live in Kansas and are from Kansas and, you know, our farmers, no farmers. And boy, when you talk to those guys, even if you're grabbing a beer out of the pickup truck, you know, they're like, it's on the North side of the truck there. You know, that's just, that's just how they talk. And if you want to get on something, um, you got to know what you're talking about. And, you know, we, we take it so serious, right. You know, you, you, whether or not you've drove 10 hours or just a couple, like, you know, you're on that X and, and buddies are looking forward to it. And it means a whole lot to everybody. And, and, you know, you just don't want to screw it up by uh, describing it wrong or, or trespassing, let alone, you know, you're, sure. you're, you're on the wrong section. And that's happened to me in, in Canada. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was waiting for the right time maybe to throw the, the Prairie Sky uh, guys a shout out. But, you know, those guys saved my bacon on a hunt in, in, in Canada because I was on the wrong quarter section and I had permission from a farmer uh, but it wasn't his lentil field that the ducks were loaded up on, you know? So mm-hmm. just in that spirit, I, I think if you really care about it uh, enough uh, not to screw it up, you, you have the respect to just kind of know where the heck you're talking about. Right. And nowadays no, I mean, it's just not much of an excuse. Right. No, you're absolutely right. There, there really is no excuse with the maps and the, you know, the, uh, satellite imagery that we have at our disposal right there on our, you know, handheld smartphones. And, uh, you know, I just felt like it gives those farmers a certain level of confidence that you, that you know what you're doing. You're not just some goober that's going to come out there and say, Oh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I look like I'm about five or 600 yards from the highway off to the left. You know, it's kind of like you said, like, I mean, the second day we got, you know, we hunted, there was a truck that comes pulling down the road and we're like, Oh, here we go. Like got permission yep. from a owner and here's the farmer or a farmer garrison mission. Here's the owner. And the guy was like, Oh, yep. you know, I'm just checking to see, uh, just checking to see, you know, make sure it was the right people, you know? So, I mean, these guys, it seems like sometimes you're in a remote area and you're not going to see anybody. Well, as soon as you think you, you know, might or might not be on the right place, you better make mm-hmm. sure you are because it's, you know, these people are keeping an eye on this stuff and it's serious, you know, it's serious business. If you, if you get off on the wrong place, what if somebody else has permission on that? So uh, I thought that was really a really good, I mean, he was very, very descriptive and there was absolutely no way that, that you were going to be in the wrong place. I mean, it was a hundred percent like, this is where they are. This is your field. And, you know, we've got permission on this and it just gives you a certain level of comfort. You know, like you said, there's times yeah, I've gone on absolutely. fields, especially those quarter sections that are broken up and you see another little truck coming around the way and you see them slow down and they're looking at you. And all of a sudden, you know, you got permission and you did what you're supposed to do. But part of you says, geez, what if I screwed that up? And yeah. I am somewhere that I'm not. it's kind of nervous, you know, nerve wracking, right? Absolutely. And you just want to be sure, right? You, you, you hate going to bed that night and just wondering, you know, let alone you're, you're, you're playing the weather and you're playing birds and it's hard enough anyways, you know, just going over that hide and that, and obviously we'll get to that horrible wind forecast we found out about, but just all those other <laughs> factors. And then to, to worry about, permission or 
you know, lack of or something like that. It's just, you know, it's just not worth it. I would rather take the, the, the another day of scouting to find something that I'm just a hundred percent sure of than just hunt the, ah, I think I'm okay. And that usually right. just leads into whether or not a, a, another group or just a, an angry farmer. You just never want that. Sure. Stuff. You just yeah. want to avoid that at all costs. Absolutely. And I, and I thought it was very, very, uh, stand up of you. Um, you know, there was, as everybody knows, listening to this in North Dakota, obviously, if it's not posted, then, you know, legally you could go hunt it. I mean, you, you could get ran off, yeah, but and no offense you could go hunt it. But I thought it, I thought it was really respectable that Donnie and his group, you know, it was like the hunt we went on the first day. It wasn't posted and just as easily. Could we have gone out there and hunted it? Sure. But he's like, no, I'm going to get permission on this. And he got permission and he even got permission knowing that somebody else could yep. beat us there the morning before and we needed a backup option. And so it's fair game. I thought that was really, you know, it's I thought that was really cool. No, thanks, Asher. I mean, but it's just, you know, no, if someone would have hunted it or people that do, like it's it's no offense to them. They 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 can hunt it good. You know, it just uh it's just especially when we're taking all that time to throw you know, a hundred dozen plus decoys, right? All those guys, you know, it's, we're not just throwing out a few dozen in a spinner. Um, and, uh, even sometimes on those hunts, you know, it, it, we still try to go through the same thing, the same process, but, sure. uh, it's just, it, it, it does, it, it makes the hunt just a little bit more enjoyable. I feel like, you know, it was really our little slice of North Dakota heaven, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's just a great feeling. You know, I think. No, no doubt. And, and you know, being from Arkansas where waterfowl hunting has been commercialized for so long and the permission thing has has been, I mean, that ship sailed, you know, sure. over 20, yeah. a year, 20 years ago. I mean, when I was a kid, even, you know, late 90s, um, you know, I was born in 88. So, you know, 10, 11 years old, late 90s, you know, if I was trying to get permission, even still, you know, you weren't getting it, you know, it's just, yeah. it's been so commercial for so long. So, you know, it's, it's not like I grew up in the, you know, up in that area, upper Midwest where you kind of stud the good old boys system and you take care of my land and, you know, you can get permission and get on it. it it's sure. like, no, like if you go on somebody else's land, like somebody is, is coming to you, like with a gun on their hip, like, Hey, <laughs> get off my land or if you ask somebody to hunt it's like how much money you got and and that's okay i respect that i think that uh farmers if they choose to make money off their land they should be able to do that because ultimately it's their land but my mentality being from arkansas it's like dude i'm a scaredy cat like posted non-posted north dakota (laughs) like i want permission from the man that owns it because i just feel like like you said if i'm going to be in somebody's field setting out a blind bunch of decoys like i want them to know that i'm there like mm-hmm. i don't want any surprises i don't want yep. anybody slow yeah, rolling me calling a game where like i just i want to know that i'm okay to be there yep. and i can just hunt with peace and knowing like hey you know mr daniels gave me direct permission for this morning to be in this field and so, okay mm-hmm. well if you know if mr daniels told you that then you're good to go so that's what i like to have in my back pocket like we said no disrespect to anybody that chooses not to do that. If it's legal, we have no problem. Just personal preference, you know. Yeah, and you never know too what it opens up to. You know, just getting to know a local and a farmer that, especially up there too. You know, um, they know that they're going to have hunters when they don't post. So 
Therefore, sure. you know, the guy's already kind of kind enough to let somebody hunt, um, you know, and, and with pulling out trailers and stuff. I mean, it was a kind of no brainer when we were up there because everything was so froze. But sometimes there's a question of whether or not, even if it's a harvested sure. field, if the guy wants you driving out there. So right. when you touch base uh, with them, too, it just gives you more of an opportunity to kind of make some parameters, you know, and then also to maybe learn, you know, that next landowner next to him or, or some other sure. stuff. That maybe have something and, posted. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, right. And then you'd be surprised too, you know, how far just a small gesture of a case of beer, you know, uh, in in Canada, it's pretty easy for us because the tobacco is so expensive for them and everything, but, uh, you know, bottle of whiskey or something, you know, they, they just appreciate that kind of stuff. And it goes to show that you're not just reaping the land, you know, just going around, just take, take, take. And, you know, I, uh, and a lot of them, I, I think they realize that our waterfowl licenses and stuff, you know, go to the preservation and the conservation of those birds, you know. So I feel pretty strongly in just the fact that when I buy a purchase a license out of state that I'm, it's going to something good. But, you know, still you're in someone else's hunting area. You're in uh, uh, other landowners, you know, this is their backyard, you know. So you just you got to treat it like that. Right. Well, think about how often somebody, whenever you ask for permission that doesn't have have it posted, they're almost like kind of surprised. And then they give you like a, hey, you know, yeah, you go ahead. But I really sure. appreciate you asking. Like, that was really nice. Sure. You know, of you, of you doing that. So like you no, said. No, absolutely. It just, it's just good form. I go a long you know? way. Yeah, so absolutely. we got permission. We um, This little valley we were hunting in, it was almost like it didn't feel like there was an X. I mean, there was just, mm-hmm. there were so many birds coming off the river yep. and a field that, that there had been 5,000 piling in 30 or 45 minutes prior might not have had anything. And then one that had nothing an hour later might've had 15,000 in it. So it, it, it was kind of unusual in the fact that it didn't feel like you could go wrong anywhere down yeah. there. It seemed like there's five or six spots that they're hitting and all in all, in that whole valley, I mean, if you add in all the snow geese and everything, there was probably, there's a lot, there's probably 50,000 birds down there. Oh, gosh. Uh, between easy, all I the, would say. I mean, I would say easy, wouldn't you think? Yeah. So I it just didn't that. feel like you could go wrong. Yeah. Um, it just didn't feel like you could go wrong. So we, what we got permission for was basically where birds were actively sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we felt good about it. It was in the middle of the flight line of all these birds. And uh, so we go fast forward. We pick the guys up, had a great shoot, had a great duck shoot. They were just thrilled to death. And that obviously made us happy because it was just Mm -hmm. a great first day. And um, so we put a plan together. We liked what we had. Successful scout. uh, It was a great scout. It was a great scout. We felt good about it. We knew we were going to have another good one the next day. And uh, we put a plan together and we went out the next morning Gave ourselves plenty of time, got set up, and, um, you know, Donnie, if you want, I'll let you kind of break it down a little bit from here on what happened. Yeah, uh, you know, I feel the same way, Asher. We were just, like, on the spot. Um, you know, chasing those white birds is always more of a toss-up, I feel like. Um, you know, these Canadas seem to be just more patternable, but what we were seeing these birds seem to do was, you know, they were definitely showing signs of being new birds. They're just popping around everywhere. 
Um, we were seeing them in corn stalks, wheat, kind of all of the above. Um, and uh, we just had a field that they were piled into throughout <clears throat> the afternoon. Um, and it was dead center in the middle of kind of everything that they were they were feeding in. So we had a really good edge hide. Uh, another uh, forecasted southwest wind um, that set us up for a side shoot because the field is running north-south. And so was the fence line that we were that we were going to set up on, um, and I, I really like setting up for side shoots and, and and staying out of those decoys when it calls for it. Um, we are really seeing these birds work edges of fields fields where you know it seemed to be the most uh, feed would be. You know, uh, anyhow, uh, I feel like our setup was really good. We were kind of off this pivot and and uh, off the fence line. Um, I believe we threw out, oh, 25 dozen Canada, uh, silhouettes, V2Fs, uh, we threw out some black and whites. We, we threw out, uh, a few snows, uh, we threw out some socks, uh, just pretty sporadic. We were supposed to have, uh, about a 10 mile per hour wind, which was just perfect, not for a full sock spread, but just to kind of scatter them out to give our spread some movement. Um, and, uh. Anyways, uh, plenty of time to set up. We were sitting there high, high anticipation and, uh, we started seeing the birds on, you know, like clockwork, but golly, that wind was just in our face, uh, out of the East <laughs> and we were, just, it just would not shift. And I don't know if it was something about the bottom that we were in and the thermals and with that river that just made that wind what it was but every weather forecast we were checking was saying that the wind was supposed to be coming out of the south and shifting out of the southwest and the current wind was south and i was looking at those big stacks that were off to the west northwest of us and god it it, it, they weren't they weren't blowing back to the west like the wind wasn't they were true they were true um so it was really interesting but um the birds just you know they 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 were not into us (laughs) you know we decoyed a few we 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 just couldn't finish quite a few um we finished a couple but we just weren't right and short of just picking up the a-frames and moving them all the way over to the uh to the pivot side or uh just doing a whole you know i I suggested to circle the wagons with the decoys um did make one adjustment um, we probably could have made another one just with the decoys, but the birds were definitely looking to feed further out away from that roost. Um, definitely. you know, it was, it, we were seeing the highest temperature of the trip so far. Um, and that was always kind of the, the ace up our sleeve, I guess, uh, or up the bird sleeve was, was that weather forecast and the chance of them changing you know kind of changing sure. and you know you know donnie it wasn't like we were there and they would give us a good look and then they just would move on or they didn't act like they could get in i mean it was like it was it felt like you weren't even there yeah i mean it literally yeah. i've never i told those guys i said i don't think i've ever felt so helpless with so many birds coming over um, a lot of birds and there were so many specks and i, I think know. that we were just you know uh and i'm so happy that you guys are like this because this is exactly how i 
pictured you guys being like and and just what i really look for for guys that i hunt with is just you know it, you get a burn and it's not like you're out there kicking rocks or whatever you just sure. take it on the chin and we were sure happy to have that shoot that we did already and you guys were coming back from a couple shoots and we had a couple shoots ourselves right so it's just like all right well this isn't happening let's pick up and move on you know well um, like if you fast forward quickly through this we there was still a ton of birds flying but it was it was getting on up in the morning and we were already having to check out anyway and the, the way yeah. we looked at it we were we were having to move we were having to move further west we we had to leave that day and we started looking at the clock and you know with the rules in north dakota not being able to shoot the geese after one o'clock Huge this was factor. on a, this was Huge on a tuesday factor. right yeah so we said you know what um these birds are in a pattern right now. We're still seeing them fly over, but we've got time where if we pick up right now, we can get to our next destination, scout this afternoon, and have a hunt for tomorrow morning. And on the same side of it, you guys would have time to go back, get yourself settled, and you had a duck shoot for the afternoon. So did, a quick yeah. fast forward, it worked out great for everybody. We got a mm -hmm. scout in that afternoon. We pounded our ducks the next morning. Donnie and Zach and Ryan, they pounded their ducks that afternoon. So it worked out awesome. Yeah. But the, to get to uh, the point in making that decision, we saw it as, you know, one o'clock. We, we couldn't shoot these birds past this anyway. But Donnie, if we weren't in that situation, if we weren't leaving, if we didn't have somewhere we needed mm -hmm. to be, if you guys didn't have a, a pretty sure thing duck shoot lined up for that afternoon mm -hmm. and we were legally allowed to shoot these geese after one o'clock, do you think that the tides would have turned if we would have given it past 10 o'clock in the morning? I know it would have because we got the wind. We were out there in that beautiful wind in the afternoon shooting those ducks and we just decided to throw the socks because it was so nice and just a few silhouettes, you know? Um, and, uh, I, I think we had a couple options too, you know, um, especially with that nice light silo sock spread, we would have just ripped that thing up, scouted where all those birds were, you know, while the guys were picking up and got on them probably for the afternoon feed in the same field that they were in that morning. You know, um, there's a chance that we probably could, I mean, we are still seeing so many birds pour off that thing. Good chance that we probably could have gotten to birds right away if we would have just made an adjustment, let that wind come up uh, in that same field. Uh, I feel pretty good about that pivot edge, but that wind did just start coming dead out of the West uh, in the evening, which yeah. of course was a tee up for us, for those ducks. We put that sun right sure. on their face. And, um, you know, I, I feel like if we would have got some birds uh, to, to decoy in that field, uh, you know, we had, we would have had the wind, we would have had, uh right. you know that sun too um but the hide really wasn't an issue at all um, no it wasn't it wasn't yeah. it and it worked out so well for both of us but i'm gonna be honest with you in my heart <laughs> I, I, I i truly feel if we if we were legally able to to hunt that afternoon hunt those geese that afternoon yeah. i truly believe we would have absolutely throttled them i really yeah, we would have put a um, limit in just they just felt enough. like they were so Man, they just knew what they wanted that morning. And keep in mind, we scouted them that afternoon before. We didn't we didn't scout them that morning. We didn't see what they wanted. 
we did see what they wanted that afternoon and the wind was not favorable that morning. They didn't want to be there. Like I said, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, they act interested and they're not doing it. And it's frustrating. It was one of those, like you literally couldn't even get mad. Like you literally felt like you were invisible out there. And and when we were picking up to leave the big Canada geese, like the giant honkers that kind of holding the line, they were just starting to get up. But I'll tell you how helpless it was. They just, everyone flew over. They, they just absolutely, uh, the best way to describe it is it, it felt like we were invisible. So yeah. with that said, I think we all know that if we were able to hunt that afternoon, or even if we didn't have to dip, heck, we might could have even made it happen by one, because I think it was like, you know, it was, we were picked up by 10. So I think by nine was when we had to make an executive decision say, Hey guys, we got to decide, are we going to do this? Are we going to leave? And we all felt based on what we were seeing, it was in the best interest of everybody that, that we needed to move on because time just wasn't um, working in our favor. So with that said, yes, I believe we could have made an adjustment, killed them that afternoon. But if you could redo this hunt, what do you think we could have done differently from the start to make that thing have gone well out of the gate? Oh, geez. I mean, even just with the wind, um, you know, like you said, I, I, I don't think they were into that field so close to the roost. Um, That's what I was going to say, I, man. They're popping back to the roost. Uh, and we had that wind, like you said, yeah, I think we probably would have throttled them even before that one o'clock. Um, I was curious to stick that out. I was really close to just saying, yeah, you boys just let us leave the spread out. We're going to stick it out. Um, but uh, I'm glad we didn't. Um, but if to if I could just change it, I mean, I would have got permission probably on one of those fields that we saw them working just on that farther south. Yeah. You know, yeah. that we saw them and we knew they're going to start piling up. But it was just one of those fields where it's just like, well, this could be something that uh, they might not come back to. And we could be off the off the X for right. sure. You know, they could show no, I have to agree. I have to agree. Yeah. I don't think there's anything in that particular field that we could have possibly done that morning. Seeing the way they were reacting and coming off, I don't think there's anything we could have done to to make it work that morning with uh, what we were given. I just think plain and simple they wanted to go further uh than what we were. And yeah. Um, I just, I just believe that we were not, we were not where they wanted to be. And sometimes you win some, you lose some and we lost that one. You know, a lot of times people say, well, was it my spread or what was I doing with my decoys? What was I doing with my high? I'm telling you when you're down there, like the invisible man, there's really not a whole lot you can do. You can try to make some adjustments. Obviously it's better than just, you know, the definition of insanity, you know, expecting a different result, doing the same thing over and over again. But at the same time, it's like, Sometimes you just got to say, man, today is not our day. And that morning was not our morning. But you know what? We said all along, we're like, hey, this is this is waterfowl hunting. We had a great shoot yesterday. And, right. and both of us, it worked out for both of us. And it was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those days we just flat out got our butts kicked. And you just kind of tip your hat to him. You say, all right, you got me this time. But it's going to be even more special next time whenever I get you. So. No, exactly. And you just, you can take it one of two ways, you know, you, you can sit there and, and obviously just uh, say that it was everything, but just chalking it up to birds (laughs) 
or, you know, uh, or you could just take it and learn from it and just drive yourself to, you know, maybe do something just a little bit different the next time. But this is one of those particular cases where it was just, you know, if we ain't fighting the birds, we're fighting the weather, man. (laughs) And, uh, and, and, you know, it happens at the, you know, for us, like it was a big deal to hunt with you guys and run into you guys and, and just to have a, a good shoot the day before, especially on something that, that we scouted, um, that, you know, golly, it, we don't shoot, you know, even just a few birds on that. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, here's, here's the dive bomb go, boys, you know, heading West and, and, you know, uh, I, I know you guys aren't like that, but, you know, of course we're just, the pressure is on us to, to, to get in yeah. a couple of shoots, but at the end of it, um, you know, looking back, it was just like, no, no hair off, you know, anybody. And it was just, it was just, uh, just bird hunting, you know, we enjoyed well, every time you. Find and, you know, well, I tell yeah. you, Donnie, we were, we were very impressed with you guys, um, in your attitude in your work ethic. It's so, it's cool to go out and meet other waterfowl hunters um, anytime that you have common interests. But when we go out and we meet waterfowl hunters that are not only great guys, but they're also running our product. Um, that's just really, really cool. Um, it's really, really cool to, to just uh, get to share that experience with you guys while we were just, uh, you know, totally expecting to do our own thing. And it just, Sure. kind of worked out and uh we were very impressed with with you guys and your your just your attitude and your overall outlook and just the way uh, your respect for for what we were doing and also having having a great time in the process so i've got to ask you know there's probably people that that go into uh you know meeting us or whatnot with maybe some preconceived notions or what they thought it was going to be like what did you think um right out of the gate did you think we we're gonna be cool or crazy or fake or what, what were your initial thoughts and what are your thoughts now well i mean i think you guys um you know and especially you asher just do such a good job on social media and sharing info i mean you know we're just uh you know we're, we're just your regular waterfowl guys and and so we're trying to just uh pick up anything we can anybody that's willing to give some information we're we're willing to listen um but we really appreciate your guys's modest approach and your friendliness and it just seems like you guys are just about having a good time and and uh you know not just making piles but uh you know that's 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 part of it we, we want to be successful right and and just kind of sure. letting people do do their own thing and express themselves in, in, in the way that they want to, um, as long as it's, you know, ethical and moral and all that stuff. And I think just, you know, once we met you guys, we kind of already knew, right. And, and, uh, that's why we were excited. Um, we weren't, you know, necessarily just super asshole tight. We were just like, Oh man, uh, that would be, th- this is awesome. Like, you know, these, these guys we really look up to and stuff and, and we do. Um, and I think, you know, for us, uh, you know, running the product, um, it just makes us, I mean, like I said, we would run it anyways, cause it just flat out works, right? Like we're just going to run it for a multitude of reasons. We just like it and we like killing birds. And so to know that, um, <laughs> the guys that, that put their names behind it are, are good dudes and they actually, you know, are out there representing and, 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 uh, acting, 
the way that they're trying to project themselves on social media and stuff like that feels good. Asher, you guys are, are just good people. And, and I know that this wasn't employees of yours, you know, that was your dad and your friend. And, you know, I, I know Cade's Cade's more of a friend than employee. I can just tell, you know, sure. young kid. And they were just, uh, it just took a few, you know, uh, moments in the blind together. And it was just like hunting with any other like-minded guys, you know? Um, and I, I feel like it, even if you guys weren't representing dive bomb, like somehow, some way, like we probably would have ended up doing the same thing. We would have been out scouting right. and hunting together and, and that feels good, brother. It, it does. So awesome. Well, I'm excited that you guys were excited. Um, you know, to hunt with us and not just hunt with us, but to really want to, I guess, for lack of what better words to put on a show. Um, and I felt like you guys did a great job. You, you had a great scout. You had a great plan together, a positive attitude, regardless of how it happened or, uh, you know, the weather not cooperating. And, you know, like I said, it's not always about making piles, but you don't travel, you know, hundreds or even in some cases, thousands of miles to, to not, um, do a little bit of damage. You know, we'd be lying if we said we were going up there just to bird watch or to hang out with our buddies. I mean, we can do that on the couch watching a football game. So, um, I'm thrilled to death that you guys felt excited and even maybe even felt a little bit of pressure to, to want to, uh, for it to go well, because that, that just kind of lets us know that it, it was important to you. And you guys absolutely killed it um, on all accounts. Um, The biggest thing, I think, and we talked about it a little bit, but dude, we're just, we just want to be relatable. Um, We want to be relatable because that that's all we are. Like all we are is just regular dudes, waterfowl hunting. And we just, we're blessed enough to be put in a position to um, try to push these decoys and sell these decoys to our consumers. But there's nothing different. There's nothing, there's nothing that that's different from you to me to the next guy, except you're from Colorado. I'm from Arkansas. Um, but our passion and our love for this sport and, uh, the want to, uh, keep it moving in a positive direction. It's all there. And, uh, so we, we just had a great time, uh, meeting you guys, getting to know you guys for a few days. And, and obviously I look forward to, to more to come from you guys and i'm you know i'm hopeful that that we'll be able to to cross paths again in the future and like i said in that video i encourage anybody if you see us on the road um or we're out and about and you see the the diesel or or a boat or a sherp like come talk to us like we love meeting people on the road um hearing your stories uh just getting to know you shake your hand i mean can't promise that we're going to be able to hunt together i mean we might be with an outfitter and videoing but if you see us at a a restaurant or um, a hotel man come say what's up because it really does mean a lot to us it lets us know what we're doing uh is we're going in the right direction and we're we're reaching people and we're helping people and ultimately uh, that's our goal so i want to uh Asher, if you don't mind, I just, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that, my friend, I mean, absolutely just, uh, you know, you you guys have an opportunity, you know, with the platform that you guys are building, not just with a great product, but just all the work you're putting into social media and brother, I just got to say, thanks, you know, thanks for being real people. Thanks for being positive. You know, we need more of that, you know, especially in, in, in waterfowl, you know, I mean, just, 
you know, guys helping each other out. Um, you know, there's, there's a shared interest in success, killing birds clean, you know? Um, and, uh, I think that it was just really refreshing, you know, right when, you know, we started not just running your guys' stuff, but just following you guys and the podcasts and, and, uh, all forest videos. I mean, just unbelievable, you know? So, so thanks for, thanks for that. And, uh, just know that, you know, you guys are going to have some, some dudes out there running your stuff, but also a little chip on their shoulder about the dive bomb hats on their head and, Absolutely. you know, just ready to preach a good word about just not only, you know, the product, but your guys' character. And I think for us, that just means a lot. So, well, thanks, that's buddy. absolutely our, pre- our pleasure. And, um, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in, in, quality quality individuals uh running our product and not only pushing our product which we love that because ultimately it helps our bottom line but just knowing that people that are running our product are you know out there you know thinking about you know how to keep uh this thing going in a positive direction whether it's you know teaching somebody the right way um respecting the harvest um, you know, asking for permission, um, yeah. you know, maybe even when it's not needed, I'm not saying don't do that, but I just, I, I, th- I think it's a really, I think it's a nice gesture. I really do, uh, cleaning up after yourself. I mean, these guys literally yeah. like they hunted a place, it was dark and they had their lights. They thought they got it all. And they went back the next day to comb it again to make sure they got everything because they told the guy that he was, they were going to leave it better than they found it. And that's not just uh, saying one thing and doing something different. That's actually practicing what you're preaching. And knowing that we've got guys out there running our product, not only running our product, but doing things like that, that just makes us, it makes us look good and it makes us feel good just seeing the type of individuals um, that are, that are really have a genuine care and respect for this sport. So really Thank cool, Don, you guys, all three of you, Zach, Ryan, oh, they're, they're good dudes, good dudes, top notch yeah. guys and, and firefighters and, um, you know, protecting our communities. And, you know, I know out there in Colorado, you guys have, you know, you guys have been dealt, um, you know, quite a hand and, uh, you know, we just appreciate, uh, what you guys do and the sacrifices made because, uh, you don't know, Every day when you go to work, you know, you could be thrust into a uh, severely life-threatening situation. So the sacrifices you make and uh, your willingness and bravery to uh, put that on the line for other safety is, is uh, you know, it's greatly appreciated. So No, I, I appreciate that, Asher. I mean, I honestly, I just, I, 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 I kind of struggle here in that kind of stuff just because I just feel so lucky to, you know, we've hit the lotto with the jobs that we have and, you know, just besides, you know, great schedules and a salary that affords us an opportunity to do what we love, you know, which we're just so fortunate with, uh, you know, um, I just, uh, we, we, we try to take it, you know, humble and, and not, uh, think any, you know, that we're better than anybody else that, you know, delivers mail or picks up the trash or any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I appreciate it, but it's definitely not needed. My friend, we're just, we're just happy to be able to do what we love. You know, no doubt. Well, you're some of the seriously, some of the most humble guys that I've ever, ever come across. So um, you don't need me to tell you that you just keep keep letting your actions speak for yourself. But before I let you go, 
quickly. I want to ask you a couple questions just right off the cuff. Right. Uh, Peafield mallards in Canada or front range honkers at home? Oh, golly. Those Peafield <laughs> ducks are just something special. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. I, 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 I just, it's, it's so hard to find here that anytime I would get a chance to do that, I, I know I'm on the road and, uh, boy, you are, you already know, Asher, those, those ducks in that pea field can get ridiculous. They mess you up <laughs> pretty quick. What's your dream yeah, bird that yeah. you'd like to shoot? Whether you want to add a band to a band to him, a collar to him, a hybrid, any dream bird, what would it be? Gosh, I'm looking for that mallard pintail hybrid. I think oh, that man. would just be a I real care. cool yeah. bird that, that Drake, um, but you know, as far as waterfowl goes, you know, I, I mean, that Cole Bay trip you guys just took, a king eider would obviously be ridiculous. I've, you know, I've been up to Alaska. I've seen the Harleys work in the river, and those Harlequins are beautiful. beautiful. I'd really love to shoot a Harley Drake one of these days. But I think just around here chasing the central flyway birds and what I'm after um, or have a chance to shoot, I, I think that that pintail mallard cross would Pintail mallard cross with a double reward band or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Take Crazy. it. In your dream hunting destination, I guess you somewhat answered that, but would you say St. Paul Island to kill a king eider? Dream hunting destination. Or is there somewhere else? You know, yeah. Asher, I take them as they come, my friend. We we always say that, you know, the most important duck hunt of our life is the next one. I always try to take it like that. And uh you know, right now I'm sitting here throwing around, running back up to Nodak with my crazy friend, or, you know, I can't wait to get after all these, uh, all these other birds that are around here. So that's kind of tough for me. I say my dream hunt's always the next one I'm going to be on, you know, I just try to take it like that. And, uh, hopefully it, it makes me not miss, miss a second of it. Awesome. Well, I respect that. Well, Donnie, you know, we've been rocking about an hour now and, uh, this is this has been great. I really appreciate you hopping on with me after we hunted last week. I said, Donnie, it'd be a really cool podcast. Do you think you could hop on, day, uh, you know, one day with me soon? And he was like, Absolutely. You just let me know. And I'll tell you what, I didn't even, I didn't have a day or time or anything. I was like, Hey, when's work free? He's like, Man, whenever. And I'm like, well, What? All right, let's do it Monday. What's the time? He's like, Man, just whenever. I don't care. So, man, he's just been so so um, helpful. And uh, just getting this set up and willing to, you know, hop on here with me. I mean, I, I don't, he, you know, I think he was going to go fishing either morning or afternoon or something. But there was never a question of like, when can you get on with me or trying to coordinate a time? It was just like, hey, just let me know and I'll be there. So, Donnie, I, I just really appreciate you uh, making your time available. I know your time is valuable. And uh, uh, this has been a, a great conversation and uh, I'm, I'm I'm truly thankful that that we ran into you guys and uh, the start of of a great friendship. So I uh, yeah, appreciate actually, you actually. and uh, you know keep staying active in those groups and um, you know Facebook. I love seeing comments, especially after I meet people, because then I can put a personality and a face with with Absolutely. a comment of what people are saying. So uh, oh, yeah. we know. Greatly appreciate your participation in there. Love to see it. And, uh, you know, as always, when you kill them or have a good hunt, make sure you make sure you text me over some pictures, videos. So oh, I can- we will, Asher. Yeah, for sure. And just, again, appreciate, you know, the friendship and 
you know, look forward to seeing you guys on the road again. I'm definitely going to be looking for you when you're back out here hunting the front okay. range, even if it's just to go over to Bruce's bar and yeah, That's right. some oysters. So, um, just, you know, again, thanks. Thanks for your, your kindness and everything you're doing, doing for the industry and, and all of us. I mean, I just appreciate too, just to hear, you know, whether it's outfitters or the freelancers like me, you know, there's a nice medium where, where all of us do sure. get along and are, uh, you know, uh, our proponents for, for the birds ultimately and, and conservation, you know? And, and so I think, man, you're just plugging away at it, Asher, you guys are just kicking ass and thanks for, uh, we, we kind of feel a little bit part of the team, man. It's, it's great. Well, you definitely are. And, uh, Proud to have you guys running our product and supporting our brand. It means a lot. And uh, make sure you tell the boys around there I said, hey, okay? Absolutely, yeah, sure. Okay, Donnie, I'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good, partner. All right, there it is, Mr. Donnie Ottaway. Man, that group of guys, so humble, so classy. What a great opportunity to get to share the field with them for a couple of days. As always, make sure you're following along on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. I'm telling you, we say it all the time, but the closed Facebook group is absolutely the best place to get all your inside dive bomb information. YouTube, make sure you are subscribed. We've got some awesome videos coming to our YouTube channel. Don't miss them. Hope you guys are having an awesome season so far, and I know there's a lot of you with a lot to come. You haven't even opened your seasons yet. So uh, we wish all you guys safety and success in the field. Until next time, y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.